Hey, thanks for checking out the Metaverse Church podcast. My name is Stuart. I'm one of the co-hosts. This is part two of a conversation that we have with John Hazel, who uh, leads the VR campus for One Community Church in Texas. So if you missed part one, be sure to go back and check that one out before you watch this one. Uh, But he drops a lot of wisdom, knowledge, and just a a lot of good stuff all throughout these two-part episodes. So you don't want to miss any of it. So now... Here is part two of our conversation with John Hazel, or as he's known in the VR space, Star Contrast. So enjoy. So for you guys at uh, OCC doing metaverse ministry in your metaverse campus, how are you doing church in that space? And how much of that was um, designed around what, what you guys question. are driven by with uh, leader development and the social aspect to things? That's an excellent question. Okay, so when we started out in alt space, we started with, um, we started, and even though I knew, hey, we have to, this is a different thing. We can't design this like a physical campus. We still started from a very physical campus launch mentality. So, you know, we create, we had a world created, um, which was great, by the way. Uh, I didn't realize how, significant that was but there was a draw for people just to check out our world mm-hmm. um and then second you know we were just basically doing a streaming in a recorded live stream so it was you know it was like the full service flow from our main campus and we're just playing it back and we would have like a brief intro from one of us at the beginning and a brief outro at the end and i would have greeter station and stuff and after one probably two weeks of that i was like this isn't going to work for us. We got to do something that is, um, is really understands the platform. And so people are going to be flowing in and out. I realize like people are flowing in and out and I need to capture their attention. And then also I'm not so sure that people want to sit, um, and watch a virtual screen in their headset, you know, for an hour and a half. It's like, if I'm going to put them in front of a virtual screen, how about, um, like then I should probably get them on their computer. Right. And so I was like, this isn't, this is just not working for us. So um, I was like, what can we do? What can we do? And so I just started kind of thinking about it. And then I sent some texts to my core team members and I was like, what do y'all think about this? Let's do, what if we do a discussion model and we, we do a clip, a 10 minute clip of worship and, and we worship and what's cool is goose designed the platform. So we had a, I'm giving goose so many plugs today. Um, um, we designed the platform, um, where there's this amphitheater out here. And so we would go do worship out there and it was cool because there's mountains in the background. Felt like I was back in Colorado. We do some worship and then we would go over to the main auditorium and we would, um, we would, uh, kind of like reintroduce and reconnect people realizing that new people have come in even after just 10 minutes. Some people have left, some people have come in. And then um, I would kind of do another quick slideshow and be and, and try to plug people into next steps. So I'd be like, um, hey, and, and the next steps are going to be very minor. Like you're not going to get somebody to jump on a Zoom call that's just started out on the metaverse. So I would have our podcast. I'd be like, come subscribe to our podcast. And my hope there is that um, I have a podcast listener that's here and that's how they like to consume their content. And they're like, oh yeah, well, let me just check that out. They start listening to the content and it hooks them, right? And they're like, okay, I need more of this. And then they start getting engaged in the community, right? 
Um, our Discord was our most significant next step. So we'd be pushing people towards our Discord several times each service. Um, but then we would do a five-minute video clip of the message. I said, I want it to be around five minutes of last week's message. So throughout the week, we would go through and clip up the message into five-minute clips. And then um, I put a virtual table in the room and we would circle up around that table. But even that was an iteration because at first it was just like, turn around in your seats and let's talk. And I was like, this feels weird. Like we need a, we need a, a play, we need people's minds to shift between, there needs to be a psychological shift, which by the way, when you're in virtual reality, in a lot of ways, uh, well, let me put it this way. Your subconscious and your unconscious doesn't know that it's virtual. Your conscious knows it's mm. virtual, but sometimes that even your subconscious bleeds to your conscious. So, so literally one time I went to this world where they had a trust fall <laughs> in alt space and I walked off a block it's, it said, trust us and walk this direction. And I'm like, and, and it had like a whole philosophy thing there. It was, it was interesting. So I walk off and I'm falling right virtually. And there's the sound of wind that's moving upward and there's lines moving upward. So it's legit feels like I'm falling and my insides jumped. And this was, I was still new to VR. Right. So, but I literally like, I felt like I was going to die. I had all the psychological effects of like, I'm about to splat because I looked down and I saw a ton of people because there was a seminar going on down there. There's a ton of people and I'm looking down and I'm like, I'm dying. And it's a split (laughs) second, right? It's a split second, but it's enough to, it's enough to where like my conscious has to realize what's happening. Um, My conscious mind, not my conscience, Um, But my conscious mind has to realize what's happening. So my point there is like, okay, so how do we leverage that um, for good? And and so there's certain things that we want to pull from the physical world and we can replicate them in the virtual. Mm -hmm. But there's other things that we need to figure out what's the parallel for that. That's like, okay, what's, what, what is the original intent of that in the physical world? And how do we translate that to a good, to, to keep the same intent, even if it looks completely different. And then there's other things that are like, well, there's things that are possible here that weren't possible in the physical. So now we can create new things that again, go back to what is the vision of our church? What are we trying to accomplish here? Right. And so our church is our, our, um, kind of tagline is where no one walks alone, a church where no one walks alone. So we want to make sure that people aren't walking alone. And then our, our mission is to make disciples, but our vision is creating environments where the unchurched are attracted to them. I'm slightly paraphrasing. Um, and the church are, um, fully engaged with God insiders and outsiders. So we want, we want our, the people who are in the church you know, a lot of times it's easy in the church world to get to this place where you're um, you're so focused on keeping the insiders happy and staying connected and getting into your clicks. And then other times we're so evangelistic and seeker sensitive that we're not focusing on developing the disciples that we have. And so we're, we're focused on attracting um, and both of those are necessary. And then sometimes we're so focused on just discipling the people and not making sure that they have good, um, you know, the, the, the Paul, um, Timothy, am I saying that right? Paul, like Paul Timothy. Three, like the yeah. three aspects. So the way that I've always said it is like, you got to have, uh, like if, if you're 
Paul, you got to have your Peter, you got to have your our Peter. So it's you got okay. Yeah, yeah. Simplify it. Ready? You got one person who's above you, ahead of you on the spiritual journey. Somebody that you're walking with, and somebody that you're investing into. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, for some reason, I want to say Paul, Timothy, Silas, and that's and Silas is not the third one. I don't know why I can't think of the third one all of a sudden. But anyway, that you get the point. Yeah, you got to be. You got to have mentors, people that you're. So yeah, the point is that. Um, we want people to be, we want to be discipling people, helping them in their spiritual formation, move closer to God, but also helping them in their community where they're, um, they've got mentors, they've got peers and they've got people they're mentoring. And then, um, but we also want to make sure that people aren't comfortable. (laughs) Um, we don't, we, we have very low tolerance for comfort. We're never going to be driven. Like our church culture is not driven by making people comfortable at all. It's actually driven by making people uncomfortable, <laughs> which we catch a lot of flack for because um, people want to be comfortable. So mm. we, we push people towards evangelism. We literally bring um, teams of hundreds of people out there to um, hand out uh, invite cards, basically business cards for the church and say, Hey, I just wanted to invite you to my church on Sunday just want to invite you so and we all have our own numbers we're responsible for inviting people to church every week so how do i translate that those three things right we want to create an environment that the unchurched is attracted to so we have this environment where there's authentic discussion and actually what we did in alt space we put a virtual microphone under the table so people would um are literally empowered with the the voice of the entire uh of our entire world that we have control over so when people would pop into our world which is a large one they would hear whatever was happening at that table anywhere they were and that's a lot to empower somebody with uh if we feel ownership over like whatever somebody hears in this world could Mm -hmm. impact them for the positive or the negative right um but having that empowered culture not in authenticity where people could um, really be their authentic, vulnerable selves and have a safe place where people can be fully known and fully loved. What's crazy is being able to do that in a different way in the metaverse because the anonymity provides such safe, provides this feeling of safety to be transparent about what's going on with you. And so, um, so that's how we did it. We, we would do a five minute clip, we'd do a discussion. And by the way, I would have my team members write two discussion questions. And the, for the first two weeks, I was doing this myself because I have a hard time actually galvanizing and rallying people. Y'all might be hearing me and thinking like, wow, this guy can, like he can talk. He can really lead people and push people to action. No, I can talk about my experiences. I can talk <laughs> about what I'm perceiving, but telling somebody to do something is excruciating for me. So uh-huh. I have had to, I have discovered like, okay, well, let me reduce the friction. That's like part of my purpose, reduce friction. We reduce the friction and let me only have to tell people um, a few things to do. So I'm going to assign somebody to a role and I'm going to set the responsibilities for that role really clearly. So that way I'm not asking them every week to do it because I know I can't do that. Right. So, um, so that's what I did. I said, okay, here's the responsibilities for this. And then Vincent, it's your role to make sure these things happen. And then I never had to ask about it again (laughs) and praise God, because I'm not good at galvanizing. So, um, so week to week, they write, they pick out a clip, they write a discussion question, and that keeps us in sync with our pastor. We're pulling from the previous week's message, um, but we're also having a very metaverse-oriented uh, 
discussion. And so then moving into spatial, um, we pretty much follow the same model. The only difference is that now we're using the artwork um, to our advantage as well. So good. So let me ask you this question. I've, I've been having this conversation with Goose and, um, you know, Goose, he's, he is a jack of all trades type of individual. He does so much. Um, but he and I have been talking about taking our world because he built your guys' world. He built our world for all space. And so we've been talking about taking our world from all space and bringing it over to spatial at some point. With what you know of spatial and what you had with your world in alt space, do you guys ever see bringing your alt space world into spatial? Um, maybe if, but if we do, it'll mainly be for nostalgia. Um, and it would be a, a world that people can teleport to, but it wouldn't be a world that we, um, actually do our, our stuff in maybe like if we're doing some kind of tour or something. Yeah. Um, and, and the reason I say even with that is that, um, I'm trying to leverage, we've got, you know, this, we're a pretty large church. So we've got so many, um, people here with so many gifts that need to be leveraged. And, um, we're strong believers in the pre in the priesthood of the believer. And we, we're strong. <laughs> yeah. It's, I said believer twice. It really threw me off. <laughs> we're strong. Like priesthood of the believer is basically an extreme core value for us. And so it's like everybody has something to contribute and we need to, like it's our responsibility to create roles and responsibilities for people. Mm -hmm. And so, um, in fact, one of the first people to call me, um, submit the metaverse campus interest form back when we originally announced the church that we we're going to be doing it. She's a 3d designer. Um, and so all of a sudden she was like, you know, I have, I felt like I didn't have a place to serve before. I didn't really know where I fit into the church, but like, this seems like this could really work for me as a good place to serve. And so, and the sad thing is she hasn't actually gotten to do a lot of 3d design. And that's mostly, in fact, we've mostly needed people who can socialize, um, who can, who can have deep conversations and a lot of that is my own lack of um, vision and setting very clear goals and having clear accountability and having a strong feedback loop. And so that's something I'm working on now is like, all right, what's cool is that she's very loyal. And so she's still a part of our team. And now we're working on some VR stuff as well as some AR stuff with like Instagram AR with her. But, um, hmm. but her and many others who are like f interested in 3D design as well as like working on um, another advantage of spatial is the focus on NFTs. So I've got people who originally showed interest in Metaverse Campus because of their love for NFTs, but I didn't really have a place for them yet. And so now I need to put some attention towards that and find a place for them. And ideally, I would like to have a lot of different worlds that you can portal to from our main world um, so that people can come in and explore. And in those worlds, I would like to have embedded um, things that draw them into more anticipation and more like, I want to, I want to get more from these people. Like there's just something about these people. Have you ever like heard a song and been like, man, this song is so good. Like I just want more. And I, and so I, and so you look up the artist and you try to get more of that. And sometimes it's like, okay, this is a one-off. This has, this is not that artist's actual style at all. And other times it's like, oh my gosh, I found like my twin in a musician. And that's kind of what, um, that's kind of what I want to, what I want people to find is like, wow, these people like 
I don't know what it is, but it's like a get me. It's like mm. exactly where I needed to be. <laughs> so good, man. I love it. Because that, like that's the whole point, right? Like the whole point is to provide these opportunities for people who are lost. Like uh, here at Lakeland right now, we're in the middle of a series that we just kicked off. It's all about evangelism. And our senior pastor, he did a great job illustrating this. He's like, look, the, the, the terminology of loss could be a harsh word um, for many of us to cope with. And uh, he said that basically the idea of loss is like, here's God on the map. And it's where are you in relation to God on the map? That would be what kind of determines the idea of being lost. And so for any church to get into the metaverse to the idea of carrying out that DNA of Jesus in our lives to seek the lost. It's that is we're going into the unreached places in order to find these people and all these different positions that they're at on the map and try to gravitate them towards a more Jesus centered lifestyle. And what you're saying is your, and this will actually lead to a next question for you, but what you're saying is in every aspect of these different portals that you build into spatial, everything has something that draws people out of just walking alone, this again, this is OCC heartbeat, from walking alone to walking in community with other people. Like, dude, that is so stinking beautiful. So let me ask you this question. My final two questions for you. First one being this. You said that you're an ideation guy. I'm the same way. I think big picture. I'm not the tinker with the nuts and bolts kind of stuff. I'm just not. I need the team members to do that. So you've been spending time in the space. You've been in spatial for uh, about a month at this point. Um, what's next? What's What are you dreaming up that is the next thing or could be the next thing that you're just like, this is what I see. We might be heading that way. What are you dreaming of? Um, for the metaverse specifically? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, what I just described to you is a big part of it is like, yeah. we need to, we need to get on creating new worlds. We need to get on, um, uh, creating NFTs that are in there that people can collect, create like, um, and, and a lot of it is probably, again, I'm not, I'm actually like a, I'm a, I'm weird, man. I'm weird. I'm like a techie, but also an, an analog guy at the same time. I don't know. I'm, I'm in this weird in between, but I guess that's what we are is uh, that's what every generation, every generation is in between the one after them and the one before them. So, um, so for me, like I, I don't love spending all my time with tech. Um, and I want to, I like, there has to be kind of limits and boundaries around it. And so, um, but I also am not like automatically at this point, like, okay, I'm, I'm just, I'm doing, doing way too much talking around the bush. doesn't make sense. <laughs> Let me get to the point. The point is I don't spend enough time right now in the metaverse. I don't spend enough time with AI, with NFTs, with crypto and all these other next gen technologies to cast clear vision for the future. So for me, it's the answer to your question is I need more and better vision. And so if I have mm -hmm. any vision right now, um, my, my number one focus is I need to build my teams right now. So it's actually my focus is outside of the metaverse itself. My focus is our teams have, I, I, early on, I spent a lot of time recruiting 
And then I spent more time, um, you know, focused on the people that I had and working with them. And now we've kind of dwindled down across the digital experience. So now I'm like, all right, it's time to get back in our recruiting season. But it's going to be even better this time because now I've got a lot of loyal team members and I've got Mm. like an onboarding process and things. And so... Um, so I literally go out into our atrium in between services at, at the most high, highly populated, concentrated times. And I walk up to people. By the way, this is not natural for me. I have to force myself to do it most weekends because I'm more introverted. Um, but once I do it, I, I get energy out of it, right? Mm-hmm. So I go out and I um, just say, hey, how long you been coming here? Right? Because the one thing I know we can connect on is the fact that we're both at church at the same time. So I'll walk up to somebody I don't recognize and I'll say, how long you been coming? And I'll say, um, oh, awesome. You know, if it's six months and I, or three months, then I'm going to be like, did you, did we get you a gift when you came for your first time? Because I want to make sure they actually went through our main um, process. And then the second thing is going to be um, uh, if it's been more than a few months, like, um, or either way, have you gotten plugged in anywhere yet? Like a life group? Are you serving anywhere? What's going on? If they say five years, I'll just say, where are you serving? And they say, uh, nowhere. And I'll be like, well, you've been here five years. Like, what are you doing? Get off the bench, (laughs) which is really unnatural for me to say, by the way, I'm not that confrontational, but I've gotten more comfortable with it because I'm around a lot of people that are more like that. And I'll make light of it. And I'll be like, you know, Hey, there's no, there's no pressure, but look, I just, the reason I'm talking to you is because I'm on staff here and I'm just like, we're a church where no one's supposed to walk alone. I'm passionate about helping make that happen. So I want to make sure you're plugged in somewhere. So um, I've gained, actually my metaverse team lead, I gained that way. And he was the first person who I, I I approached the person prayerfully. I was like, okay, God, show me, highlight to me who I'm supposed to talk to. And he highlighted him to me. And now he's my metaverse team lead um, for the last year. And um, I realized I, had, I hadn't been doing it prayerfully. I hadn't been listening to the Holy Spirit. And so I was having a very hard time with it. But then I have a whole funnel after that of how we, you know, who do we follow up with? Who do we part to? How do we get, anyway, there's, that's a whole nother podcast. So that's my focus now. And then as far as the metaverse, um, I think creating, we, we desperately need to push into creating more artwork in spatial, understanding spatial better, um, getting more of our church members here involved in it especially for our global members. We have people outside of the Dallas area that are part of our church. And it's a place where when you're in VR, you feel like you feel almost as if you're physically present with the person Mm -hmm. you're walking up to them. Um, And so getting more people in um, those are just some of the visions, but obviously I need to work on clarifying, honing that and developing that with my team. Dude, it's so good. Like there's so much like leadership that is just spewing out of you as you're talking and there's so much like one one question that i was gonna ask you and i'm just gonna lob it up there and you can answer it if you want to but i was gonna say like as we close out the podcast was um what what would be like one crucial statement that you would get for any church leader um or person to launch a campus or launch a church in the metaverse and the reason why I say that I, that I love this up there for you to answer if you want to, if you want to, because you have given a whole episode 
of reasons <laughs> why. Like if like let me talk to the listener and the watcher right yeah, now. Yeah. If you're listening to this and you're watching this and you haven't just gotten like a whole notebook of information as to why you need to just stop and get going on launching in to the metaverse, then you need to go back and rewatch and re-listen to this episode because John is giving you so many good reasons as to why um, your church needs to be in the metaverse. And really, John, here's I think this is the most important thing that you brought to this uh, episode and to this podcast as a whole. I feel a holy burden to um, legitimize and to... Um, validate church and metaverse like i have made a statement before that i want lakeland to be so much like so invested in the metaverse that when people say like church and metaverse in the same statement people don't go like what do you mean by that but we get to a point where people go oh yeah that makes sense like that's how much i want to legitimize this and you you have brought that not only to this episode but to this podcast the metaverse church podcast Mm. as a whole in this episode so that being said you've given a whole list of reasons why churches need to be investing into this at least investigating but if you want to answer this question, what would be like the one crucial reason why you would give to a church leader, senior leadership to launch a metaverse campus? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I can sum it up in a few words until I verbally process this a little bit, but I'll just say that another, I told you that like one of my core philosophies is follow the designer's intent, the creator's intent, right? And so, uh, and that applies in general. So it starts with obviously God as the designer's intent. And then, um, but then whatever software I'm using, whatever I'm using designer's intent, right? Um, another principle that is, is, uh, is close to my heart is the, there's nothing new under the sun from Ecclesiastes. And um, when I was growing up, people tried to throw out the book of Ecclesiastes basically would say, yeah, Solomon had lost his mind. Um, and he just, mm. he's just complaining and whatever. And I was like, uh, there's a, every word in the word of God is there because it's a word of God. It's like, it's meant to be in there. It's not that God is validating and saying, yes, this is a good thing. Yes, this is okay. Like, you know, when, anyway, we don't need it, you know, um, but, uh, there's nothing new under the sun. Now, a lot of people will have a hard time with that. Cause they'll be like, I don't really believe that you know, microchips ever existed <laughs> in, you know, in Jesus's time. So what is that? Or before, I mean, Ecclesiastes is before Jesus time. So you're telling me that microchips existed in the year 2000 BC. No, no, no. Um, what that means is, is, is the context. I'm big on context. So the very next thing is there's nothing new under the sun. Sometimes you look and say, Oh, here's something new. But when you look more closely, you realize it's a new version of something that already existed, right? Yeah. So that's a philosophy I, I, I put everything through. So when I see, when I saw the metaverse um, taking out, first of all, I was like, why is everybody freaking out like this is a new thing? Like World of Warcraft was huge in the early 2000s. In fact, when I was in middle school, I played RuneScape and that was a metaverse. <laughs> right? you, remember, you know what RuneScape is? I don't. Not but not. You're not a gamer. And not you're a little, at all. You're a little bit older than me, I think, a, a couple years. So um, anyway, my point is um, that uh, the concept's not new, right? 
and there's always a new new version of something else. And so, to me, um, um, I'm always looking at. Uh, okay, let me say one one other one other concept: this generational theory that I believe that God could have just created. 7 billion people and said, I want to have relationships with a bunch of people and I'm going to start the world off with 7 billion. But he didn't. He started the world off with one person. And in fact, it seems like his original intent was just for there to be one person. He just started with Adam and there was no, and then he was like, this isn't good. I created this being for relationship. So that's like what's wired in him. And yet all he has really for deep relationship is me, which is huge because I'm God. But the animals, like there's there's a gap here between the animals and me, right? There's the animals wow. and then there's me. He's, he's missing something. And so he took Eve out of Adam. And he could have just created Eve, but he didn't. He could have created Eve from the dust like he created Adam. But he, he pulled Eve out of Adam because he said, Basically, uh, in doing that, what, what I kind of believe is that um, he, created, he created this generational theory in that moment. He said that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create everybody from one person so that all of humanity is linked so that Adam can, as the, as the leader of everybody at this point, the leader of his home, the leader of the future, if he is intentional with relationship with me, if he is intentional with glorifying me, if he, you know, does all the things that I hope that he does, then he's going to create blessing and blessing and blessing and blessing for generations. And he's going to parent and create these fruitful, beautiful, amazing generations. And everyone is going to prosper. And I'm going to have, I'm, I'm God's thinking like my love tank is going to be full. My, my relationship tank I don't know. Now I'm talking in theory. Don't, don't like critique my theology here. Right. Like <laughs> I'm talking in very theoretical stuff. So if you listen to this podcast and you're like, okay, you just went off the deep end. All right. Let me back it up. <laughs> like God, God's thinking like, no. So my point is that, but again, in order for like to every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction to every light force. There's a dark force. Like there has to be, this balance in the universe because God created the entire universe that way, right? In the beginning, it was darkness. And then, um, and then, right? And then he created light, but there had to always be opposites. And so um, that being said, um, anytime we label something, the whole thing as good or evil, I pop up a red flag over that. Nothing, nothing on this side of eternity is either good or evil um, outside of God. Nothing on, let me say, nothing in the physical realm um, is either completely good or completely evil. Now, it may be very close to that completely evil line, um, but because God is love and because God's omnipresent, the entire universe has love here. So there is good everywhere. But I'm not saying that everything is good or everything leans on that good side. I'm saying that um, everything can be used for good. Everything can be used for evil. And that um, I had a my one of my um, previous pastors used to say um, sometimes or a lot of times the world does more with a shadow of truth than the church does with the substance of it. Wow. 
the world often does more with the shadow of truth and than the church does with the substance of it. And so, um, so to me, I'm like, all right, so the metaverse is another social platform. So let me look at the pattern, nothing new under the sun. Let me go back and look at the pattern and think about when was the last time we had a major move in social technology. And the last one was obviously social media, right? Um, we could we could get granular, whatever. But let me go back to the early 2000s when MySpace had just launched. And I was a little 13 year old and dating myself. I'm making myself sound really young, uh, or really old, depending on who's listening to this <laughs> podcast, I guess. But I was a, I was a teenager on MySpace. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had I had literally I had a hood on. And I had my hat like this, so you could just see my chin, because I was like, the internet is a dangerous place. I don't want my photo up there. <laughs> so from that, in the early 2000s, to where we are today with Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, well, let's not even bring up Twitter, um, you know, where we're at now, um, I'm like, okay, so if I think about the metaverse as being in that stage back then, if I think about right now, we're in that MySpace era, where does that put us in 20 years? And if I think about how long it took the church to get involved in social media and how many in the church were probably like, this is inherently evil, stay away from social media, <laughs> which wasn't a lot probably, probably not as much as the metaverse. But um, <laughs> if I think about that and I, and I draw the parallels and say, all right, if, if there's a pattern here, which you could apply Moore's law to and say it's going to happen faster. Is that right? Or is that the is it Moore's yeah. law that's the chips developing faster i don't know man you're speaking way anyway. about my pay grade so sorry so let's Stark, just say, remember yeah yeah so it could it could go faster but i'm gonna say in no more than 20 years like this is going to be ubiquitous technology and i think 20 years is a good marker in general for a lot of this stuff because it's like all right if 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 the gen if the boomers and the gen x um are predominantly criticizing metaverse let's just say Christian boomers, Christian Gen X, Gen X have a lot of doubts towards metaverse, which I don't even know if that's that's an overgeneralization. But let's just assume and say that there's a lot of negativity towards it. Um, and the millennials are on the fence, and some millennials think it's um, of the devil, and others think that it has a lot of potential. Um, then the Gen Z doesn't care. They're thinking for themselves. And the Gen Alpha, which is after Gen Z, um, really doesn't care because they can't even they can't even comprehend and decide what they believe in it so they're going to get but they're going to be more influenced by the gen z than anybody else because you are i mean when you're five years old the 10 year olds are like the coolest people in the world when you're 10 the 15 year olds are the cool so they're going to be most influenced by gen z gen z doesn't care and they're like the metaverse is what you make of it so i promise you in 20 years we're not going to be having these conversations the conversation is either going to be man thank god that the church got so involved when it did because we had the opportunity to shape the culture of the metaverse or it's going to be man we missed it again we're on the back end of it again so which way do you want to do it do you want to shape the culture or do you want to let the culture dictate to us what we're going to do. Dude, so good. And what's amazing, like, I feel like this is like, I feel like this is in step to God's heartbeat right now, just because I've had two different conversations prior to this recording today where the, the, um, I guess the summation of the conversation is culture right now is really telling the church what to do versus the church moving yep. culture. Exactly. 
Um, So for, again, for you as a church leader, anybody who's listening to this, I would just say really hone in on what John's talking about there. Like, are are we going to be a generation? Are we going to be a generation of church leaders um, or movement of God at this point that we sit there and say, okay, let's be the influencers in this space? Or are we going to be looking 20 years from now and saying, man, we just missed that one again? Like, that is... That is convicting, uh, really, for anybody who calls himself a follower of Jesus, because we are supposed to be the ones who are advancing. It's the gates of hell are supposed to be the thing that's not able to overcome the advancement of God's kingdom. So, John, thank you so much, so, so much for coming on to uh, this podcast. Um, How can people get a hold of you if they want to reach out and just let you uh, spew off your wisdom? Yeah. Um, my, my pseudonym is stark contrast. Um, so you can find me, uh, on, on metaverse and discord and different places via that name. Um, but my, my username that I've used for a very long time is G John Hazel. So you can find me almost anywhere as G John Hazel. Um, it's kind of scary how easy it is probably to find me. Um, I'm not really active to tell you the truth. I'm not, I, I don't enjoy social media, um, but I have to make it a part of my life um, because it's, I'm, I oversee digital, so I'm in that space. Um, so, you know, the best thing is really just to email me. Uh, actually, email's terrible. I don't, that's, that's not even true. Um, but, <laughs> but you can, you can. I'm pretty on top of my church email. Um, I think I have like one in my inbox right now. So if you email me at john.hazel at visit1cc.com, you can probably get a hold of me. And um, hey, I'm an avid pod. Like I listen to so many podcasts. I love listening to podcasts. It's like my favorite way to consume content. So um, I know that when we put people in certain platforms, um, we tend to um, kind of like when I heard Jeff Reed on his podcast for months at a time, like in my mind, he's kind of a celebrity. And then I get, and then I meet him (laughs) and I'm like, Oh, you're a regular guy, a brilliant guy, a busy guy. But, um, so anyway, we're all more approachable than, than we think sometimes, unless you're already a friend of Stu and you, you already know, um, you know, so please do reach out because I just, I love, like we need each other. We need to connect. Don't ever have fear to ask somebody for advice, for help, for connection. So reach out to me there, my email, um, or honestly, if you if you uh, just connect with Stu and then he can connect us on Discord, <laughs> that's probably the best. Absolutely. All right, man. Well, once again, thanks for coming on. And uh, on behalf of John and myself, thank you once again for listening to the Metaverse Church podcast. Um, any links, any of that kind of good stuff, I'll put it down in the show notes. If you are wanting to reach out to John, you'll have a quick access there. If you could do us a favor by sharing, subscribing, rating, and reviewing, all that is helpful to get this out to more people. But until next time, we will see you next week for another episode of the Metaverse Church podcast. Be blessed.